Hey listeners, I'm Adam. And I'm Daniel. And this is the Avocado Advocates Show, where we discuss tips, tricks, and tools to help you most effectively promote the vegan movement. Hey guys, welcome back. For today's episode, we're going to talk about uh, getting started as a vegan. So for either yourself, if you're listening, if you're new to veganism, or uh, if you have a family member, a friend who's uh, considering veganism, uh, we're going to talk about like some of the our go-to easy recipes uh, and just, I guess, how to deal with like family and friends and I don't know, just general about like getting started. Yeah, uh, super important. Like you said, like not only just uh, for you, like if you happen to like be wanting to try veganism, but also um, if you're already vegan and you know somebody that might want to try it or someone that might be interested to help them along the way. Yeah. So we can start with like recipes. Uh, when you're considering veganism for the first time, obviously the big question is like, what are you going to eat? What are you going to make yeah. instead? Um, yeah. For me, like a blender has been like key. So like breakfast is an easy one. If like most people are used to, even if you're not vegan, you like smoothies generally. Yeah, smoothies are like a, a super easy one where you can get a ton of calories in, a ton of nutrients. Uh, oh yeah, fill you up and start your day, and super easy to make. You don't have to be a skilled yeah. like cook. It takes five minutes. You just toss some stuff in a blender. Yeah, and I think uh, when people first go vegan, I think it's a little intimidating. Like we said before, like it's a change and like a lot of things might be different. Um, what I have found, like personally with people that might be trying to like go towards like more plant-based diet, is kind of let them know they can eat pretty much the exact same things they've always been eating, but like the vegan version. So like for breakfast, if they would have cereal, just make sure it's a vegan cereal and use like a plant milk and then if you like burgers then eat plant-based burgers and things like that i think that's one of the easiest ways to get started in it because you're not really changing much right true so yeah that's a good point like whatever whatever they're used to eating like rather than changing it entirely just yeah. small subs yeah small, yeah cool and uh yeah like you said like the smoothie thing is is obviously such an easy one because there's no certain way to make smoothie and you could put whatever you have in, in your house, in your fridge. And yeah, like you said, it takes five minutes and that's like, that's probably the easiest meal, breakfast. Yeah. Um, some things like, I think, I think a lot of people who are considering veganism are like worried about like, or maybe they struggle when like there's points in the day where they're like hungry and they're not sure what to make. Yep. So I like to have some stuff like on hand always uh like stuff that's like not really too perishable so that like even if you're like out of veggies or something like you still always have something you can make as a snack or whatever yeah so, for sure maybe not the healthiest thing but like for instance like uh if you want to have like toast with peanut butter and jam or something like that like peanut butter and jam is going to last a time a long time you can have that in yeah. your fridge um and you could have like a loaf like i always have a loaf of like whole wheat bread like frozen uh, yeah and, and i mean like those are like pretty much the easiest things like canned all canned goods like beans stuff like that like uh you don't need to cook that stuff right yeah and yeah like you said like bread obviously i think the easiest uh way to go about transitioning into veganism is starting off with things like i said that you're used to 
And also starting off with things that um, aren't challenging to make taste good. So, like, I think a lot of people get intimidated by tofu because it might taste bland if you don't know how to cook it properly. But at the same time, if you do know how to cook it properly, it could be amazing. So, um, if you're, like, into cooking and if you're into making your own food, then go for it. Like, try experimenting with so many different things. Like, that's what I did because I always liked cooking. And I just kind of found what I like, what worked for me. And you're, if you're um, not as much into cooking and into making your own food, then yeah, like we said, like um, canned goods, bread, pasta, rice, uh, potatoes, root vegetables, obviously fruits and veggies, like some of the healthiest things to eat are the easiest things to make. Yeah. Uh, and there's, there's something called Vegan 22, which is like a 22 day challenge like yeah. to try veganism and pretty much i think you go to like vegan22.com and challenge 22 i think challenge, it is sorry yeah challenge22.com yeah. and then they hook you up like they set you up in like a small facebook group with like some volunteer mentors and they'll pretty much help you and answer like any questions you have um pretty much to your point like uh they'll help you veganize whatever like yeah. food you already make and I think they have like free like nutritionists and like other yeah. support. And from what I understand, my numbers might be a little off, but I think their success rate is something like sixty-five percent. Wow. Um, so and that's like all new vegans, right? Like people that have never tried veganism before, or I guess are trying it like again, maybe. Yeah. But um, that's a pretty high success rate, and you know it goes to show that if I guess you know what you're doing and if you're, <clears throat> excuse me, if you're doing it in a way that suits you, which obviously they help you with, then it becomes really easy. And I think, uh, it, it destroys a lot of people's stigma that it's hard to eat like a vegan lifestyle. Yeah. Um, what else? I think, uh, yeah, food is kind of one that like everybody will be different, right? So like, what I eat on a day-to-day, week-to-week basis is going to be different than what you eat. Um, but I think that it's important for all vegans to get, like, the basis. And then everything else is, like, uh, you kind of, like, tailor to whatever you like, right? So, like, fruits, veggies, uh, grains are, like, an easy one that I think everybody likes. Obviously, are really healthy. Uh, root vegetables, things like that are, like, should be the basis of everyone's diet. Not even necessarily vegans. And then everything else, like plant-based burgers, uh, like whatever it may be, is more of like uh, a personal preference. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, I think I think food is like is not that hard, and there are tons of resources. Like, for example, one off the top of my head is uh, Minimalist Baker. I don't know if you know who that is, but she it's like a, a food blog, and she posts tons of good recipes and fully vegan. And there's tons of uh, food blogs like that. So, yeah, you just got to do some digging and you should be able to find what you like. Yeah. And for most people, it's like it's probably not going to be an overnight change. You're probably not going to change everything you eat overnight. So we've talked about this before. It's just about subbing like one meal at a time or or whatever. And yeah, yeah, you'll realize it's easy. So like we've talked about like for me, it was like starting off. I always made like a chicken and pasta or chicken and stir fried dish. 
and then subbing the chicken for either more veggies or tofu or whatever like super easy like the fundamental like stir fry or pasta doesn't change you're still using like the same exactly yeah the same base um yeah yeah uh yeah it was was similar for me too i think i said it before but for me it was like uh cutting things out one by one so first it was like red meat and then i went on and on chicken fish um but yeah i think that makes it easy but i think uh for a lot of people it's hard Uh, the food definitely is hard for a lot of people but i think uh also when you accept the ethical perspective of veganism and you still own non-vegan products. So it kind of ties into like um, how to go about like transitioning into veganism. Yeah. But yeah, I mean like what would you, what was you, what would be your like perspective on that? Owning like a fur coat or something like that. Oh, I think you, we talked, we touched it, on yeah, that. Yeah, we might've touched, I think we touched on it once. Yeah. I think like some people are going to feel uncomfortable. Like once they make the connection, uh, with the animals and stuff, they, they're going to feel uncomfortable to own it, but I think, Hey, sorry, we just disconnected for a second there. No worries. Um, yeah, you were asking, uh, about like fur coats and stuff like that, that you already own or like leather wallets or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think, I think it depends on the person. Like once you make the connection, like that, these are like animals and there's suffering involved, then some people might want to get rid of it, which is fine if you want to do that. You can, I don't yeah. know, like, I don't know if it makes sense to throw it out. Yeah, or I mean, sell the, it. Reason, the reason I brought it up is because um, from what I hear online, like, a lot of vegans get bashed for promoting veganism, but then someone might say, oh, but, like, uh, vegans wear, like, you look at the shoes they're wearing and they're, like, leather or whatever, this and that. And I think it's important um, to acknowledge that what veganism really is or what it should be is reducing the amount of animal suffering in your life as much as practically possible yeah so if for example you had like a leather belt um before you went vegan before you acknowledge the uh ethics of animal abuse and things like that then to wear it afterwards would make really no uh harm difference has been done it's there's yeah. no additional harm so exactly you're right it's all about reducing suffering and the, the sufferings already happened so yeah exactly and i mean um for those, and I fully understand people that are uncomfortable wearing animal products. And for those people, I'd say uh, sell it because if you sell it, then you're still reducing the animal, uh, like I guess the animal agriculture or the animal suffering industry, right? Because rather than somebody going to a store and buying it and increasing the demand, yeah, um, they would buy it from you, which, like I said, they would rather buy it from the store uh, otherwise. So yeah, it's it's kind of like a win-win situation, right? Yeah. No, good point. Um, what else? What what were some challenges you found during your transition? Did you have any real challenges? Uh, like we've talked about this already, but like once you accept, so we started off for health reasons, and then once the like ethical aspect creeps in, you you feel confused and angry and all this stuff. So yeah, the challenge early on is like accepting this new view of the world yeah. and like understanding it. And uh, yeah, like the, the early conversations with family and friends, like, Oh yeah. They're just really tough. Yeah, for sure. Cause uh, it's like you've was... discovered this like huge, like secret that like no one knows. 
I don't know how to describe it. You, you, you've uncovered something that like no one else is realizing and you want to share it with people for their own yeah. health for, for like a million reasons. Yeah, for sure. I mean, like, um, the way I've described it before is like almost as if like I'm waking up in a movie where it's like, there's this like massive secret and like, it's like society doesn't know about it. It almost feels like a conspiracy movie. Um, at times, right. It's like, 97 98% of the population is so wired to thinking one way and you're you kind of feel like this uh, outlier that's like discovered the truth and um, you want to like share it with the world and I mean that's at least how I felt and it felt really odd to be that kind of outlier uh, yeah especially in this kind of like society right yeah and yeah I mean like we said before it's important to stay positive but yeah at the same time when when i first went vegan i think uh definitely the biggest challenge was conveying veganism to others and uh conveying it in a positive way so i think more than the food more than anything that was definitely my biggest challenge yeah and we've talked about this but i still struggle with whether or not like to show friends that i'm really close with like dominion and and yeah. different things like that cuz like I feel really strongly that like I want to show show it to them, but I question whether or not it's the right approach. Yeah, um, I mean, I think, um, and I think everybody would have their own opinion on this, but uh, for me and for what I think, I think that doing something like that could be very very effective for someone that might already be uh, kind of like. Somewhat open to it, like yeah, somewhat open to it. Not like uh, anti-vegan or like uh, tends to get into arguments with you. Yeah, I think that's that's kind of a difficult thing to do. But someone that's more open to it, that is, uh, I think everyone's compassionate to animals, but is more like evidently compassionate towards animals. Yeah, I think it's it's a lot easier and it's a lot more effective. Yeah. So for instance, actually, I showed it to like two of my good friends last night. Like we watched, like I don't know, like. 20 30 minutes of it like i i like yeah. went to different clips throughout the video um and like i'm really good friends with them and they've seen me as a vegan for a while now so because they've already like the seed had already been planted that like okay this is doable like they see adam he's yeah. he's like i cook more than them like whenever they come over i make them like snacks and stuff like that um yeah. they see that i haven't like shriveled up into a ball <laughs> so like <laughs> It's already the seeds there, so I felt like it was the, like, I don't know, and they were somewhat open to it. So, yeah, yeah like, they were obviously, like, you could tell it, like, like it hit like it hit them hard. Yeah. Um, now, I don't think they've gone vegan today, but, like, I think, I think it was the right move. Time will tell. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Like, yeah, and we said before, like, it's, it's very rarely uh, going to be effective immediately. A lot of the time it takes time for like that seed um, to really sprout into like real thoughts. Yeah. Um, but yeah, really good point. And like with my friends too, uh, I've said before, like how I'm in a group chat with my friends and um, it was really difficult to talk to them about veganism, but the more we talked about it, the more they opened up to it. And I never really brought up much about the ethical uh, like aspect of veganism. Although I did here and there and like, um, yeah, they would get offended. Like, like most people would, but then I would explain in like a, a positive way and they would, um, 
have a better time understanding. Now, after a while, once they kind of started to accept that it's okay, it's healthier, it's better for the environment, and obviously killing animals is not a good thing, and whatever they might think in their head, like, um, I think everyone acknowledges that it's not fun to kill animals, even though they might justify it in their own head. But anyways, um, it, it took me a while, probably six months of being vegan to actually um, like notice that it's probably a good time to show them uh, like slaughterhouse footage or something like that. And like I have, and I think in my situation, at least that was probably the most effective way to go about it because yeah, like you said, the seed was already there and they were already like seeing that I was doing it and that it's not like gonna kill you and it's probably healthy so yeah. it's, it's a lot easier right if, if you see that it's unnecessary and then you see that it's cruel then you can easily make that connection of why are we doing it but if you still might think that it's necessary for whatever reason and you see that it's cruel you can be like okay well if it's cruel and it's necessary then like what can we do that's just life like life goes on like people need to eat you know yeah. Yeah. which we hear all the time yeah um so yeah uh I think I think I said it well, like once once people open up to the idea that it's not necessary, it's a lot easier to open them up to the idea that it's cruel and unnecessary. Yeah. Um, and one thing like I've learned like throughout this process is like the importance of remembering that it's about reducing animal suffering and you're never gonna be able to well, it's gonna be hard to, to eliminate it entirely. So where I'm going yeah. with this where I'm going with this is like I, I I've watched videos like some activists if the if if they're having a conversation with someone who's not vegan and they say like oh what's the harm with like honey and bees or they say like what if they were slaughtered like what if they were killed in a lot more like they see slaughterhouse footage and they say what if they were killed in a lot more peaceful way and yeah. a lot of activists will be like no like all animal cruelty like all killing is wrong which is true but I think you have to make like some like concessions as an activist and say something like okay, I will admit that, like, if they lived a better life and were, like, killed in a better way, it would be, it would be, a the, like, the suffering would be less. Um, maybe it, do, it's, it still doesn't make it right, but... Yeah, yeah that's like, a good I'll, point. I'll say something like, and I think I mentioned this once before, but I'll say to my friends, like, the fact is, like, when you go to the grocery store, the, like, this is how your food is being produced. Like, it's being yeah. produced in factory farms. Um, so yeah, like, I don't know. Yeah, no, that's a good point. Uh, like a lot of people just don't know. And yeah, I mean, uh, you said it pretty well, like, even though there are less cruel ways to do it, even the nicest way possible still doesn't make it right. It might make it better. And I agree with you. Um, when people ask, we should we should admit that that's true, and there could be better ways to do that. But to push for better ways to do it rather than pushing to not do it at all, in my eyes, would be wrong because the act of killing is still an injustice, no matter how you do it. Right. Now, um, the point the point, I'm, the point I'm getting at here is like I think as activists, we need to we need to be um, firm on the stance that like all all like killing when they don't like if they like killing an animal that doesn't want to die is wrong and like yeah. we need to be firm on that but we also need to like if someone says if someone's accepting like the ethical arguments you're saying and your friend comes back to you and says hey like i no longer buy eggs from 
like the grocery store. I go like an hour up north and I get them from like a local farmer who raises their own chickens. Like that's definitely a better outcome. And even though it's not, yeah. it's not the ideal, like that, like that needs to be like appreciated and you have to like admit to them that that's like, For sure. better. Yeah. I think it, uh, I was going to say it needs to be acknowledged that uh, change isn't going to happen overnight. Right. And the more we can move towards, I don't want to say animal welfare, but um, I guess sort of in a sense like animal liberation and um, the more we can move towards a more humane way of living in general, even though there might not be a humane way to kill an animal, to to source your food from like, like you said, maybe go an hour up north and get it from a farmer is still a more humane way of living than if you were to get it from the grocery store. And I think the more we can move towards... Uh, humane methods of living then the more we can acknowledge the inhumane methods that we're used to so yeah i think uh, uh for someone like that it is important to acknowledge like you said uh there are better ways to do it and the more we can push that kind of mindset that there's always better ways to do things then obviously the best way to do it is to not do it at all yeah um, one more example I'll give like around this that I think will be relatable to like you and most people is you'll hear friends or family say stuff like, like, oh, you've had an impact on me. Like I definitely don't eat as much like meat or dairy yeah. or whatever anymore, which is great. And like, I think it's like, it's, I don't think it's the right reaction to say, well, you're still eating it. Like you shouldn't yeah. be doing it. I think it's gotta be like, you say like I appreciate that, and like I'm glad you realize that, and I'm glad you're reducing. And you say to them, just keep keep in mind that the end goal should be like eliminating it. And also, yeah, it's often like it's easier to do something like a hundred percent of the time than ninety nine percent of the time. So, like if you just make hard rules that you're not going to eat these products, it's easier than than saying, oh, like I'll sometimes eat it. It's like that's a more slippery slope. Yeah, for sure. And like I'll admit that I used to, when I first went vegan, um, it was like an all or nothing thing for me. Like vegetarians were like nothing and uh, didn't mean anything. Yeah. But um, just because it was such like a slap in the face of like what's happening in our world. Um, but the more I kind of accept it because that is reality, the more I can understand that the more we move towards a plant-based diet. And Actually, so last time we talked about that podcast on the Joe Rogan experience between Dr. Joel Kahn and this guy, Chris Kresser. Uh, so I watched it and the vegan doctor said something uh, really true. He said, or really accurate rather. He said, uh, there's a spectrum, right? And the spectrum goes from 100% animal-based to 100% plant-based. And wherever you are on that spectrum, we're going to respect you and that's okay and we love you, whatever. Like, uh, we don't judge anybody, but the closer you are to a plant-based diet on that spectrum, whether it's 80%, 90%, 95%, 100%, whatever it may be, the closer you are, the better generally, right? Yeah. And yeah, it's important It's important not to say just all or nothing. There is a spectrum and it's important to acknowledge that um, everyone's going to be on different parts of that spectrum and we need to respect everyone equally and appreciate their effort, if they are making an effort, to eat a more plant-based lifestyle yeah definitely um kind of a little off topic but curious to hear your view on it like um i'm sure you've heard like activists say stuff like like we don't hate you we hate like the act right like something around that message 
Um, but I've been hearing like a lot of YouTube activists say stuff like one, like that changes once someone becomes aware of what's going on, then, then it is on you and you are kind of responsible for what you're doing. Like, yeah. what's, what's your view on that? Like, does some, essentially does someone become a bad person like once they're aware of it but still choose to take part and like yeah i mean there's there's a good quote that i kind of go by and uh it kind of answers it not fully but it goes something like this it's uh when we have the privilege to know we have the duty to act so pretty much pretty self-explanatory but like um if we know about the animal cruelty and the injustice that's going on and we still willingly participate in it it kind of makes us uh, ignorant in a sense, right? Or will, willfully ignorant, rather. Yeah. Like, we're choosing to disregard all the animal rights aspects and all the uh, important aspects of it and whatever, and just regard the benefits, whatever they may be, taste, pleasure, and so on. Um, so, yeah, to answer that question, I think it's important to... Once you're acknowledged or once you're knowledgeable on the subject, I guess I, there, there is no really good answer, but it'd be hard um, for me to accept someone that acknowledges, truly acknowledges, not just says like, oh, yeah, yeah, I know that. Like, I know what happens in slaughterhouses, but like truly acknowledge um, like why it's wrong and continue to eat those products because they would be living in something called like cognitive dissonance, right? I think you probably heard that before, yeah. but pretty much where your actions and your morals aren't aligned. And uh, I think most people that eat meat, their actions and their morals aren't aligned. They're just not aware of it. So when you become aware of that and you still aren't aligned, I see that as uh, yeah, kind of a problem. Yeah. What else? You wanna you wanna touch on that? Um, like, what what was your what would your opinion be on that? On what exactly? Like on what you just asked me. Uh, if someone like knows, do they have oh, yeah. the duty to act? Yeah, like, like I don't think it makes them a bad person, even if they've seen it and yeah. don't act. Because I think, first of all, like, if you're the type of person who sees it and internalizes it like really internalizes it like you said and and still like it has no I impact on you then like there's there's something wrong with that person in my view <laughs> so yeah. yeah yeah like in that way they're not at fault so, like it's like they are who they are like you wouldn't want to be that person <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah i think that's it, a good point right? yeah so that's like be compassionate like to other people like but i think a lot of people they'll see it and they've still like tucked it away because it's it's hard to accept and like you said like you had seen you mentioned like in one of our first episodes that like you remember once when you were like a kid like your friend yeah. showed you slaughterhouse footage and you you like had like you it really affected yeah, like you but then immediately yeah. you went and ate animal yeah. products because that's yeah like that's yeah it's kind of crazy too. it's really crazy but yeah i guess that's just kind of how life works like you see something that's so messed up but then you avert your eyes and everything is like, I guess, kind of like, uh, like the animal industry is represented kind of euphorically, right? Like everything is happy. Everyone eats meat, uh, like it tastes good. It feels good to eat it, whatever. Like it might give you pleasure. Uh, so it's really, really easy to kind of like divert your mind from 
all the horrible things that happen. Yeah. Obviously, it's important not to, but uh, I understand why people do. Like I said, I've done it before. But at the same time, if you're uh, a vegan or if you're acknowledged on these things and you, you know somebody like this or you're like uh, encountering someone like this, it's important to kind of bring those things out and like it, it's important to acknowledge these things, right? It's It's dangerous to tuck them away and not think about it. Yeah. Um, and like, it's, it's important to remember that like, we are like, we're a result of our experiences throughout like our life, like our childhood, how we were brought up and everything. And even though when you're talking to someone about veganism, like for the first time and you're presenting these like very strong arguments to them, just remember that they have their whole life where they've been, they've been taught the exact opposite by people very close to them like their their parents their family their friends people who they respect a lot who are very compassionate people so you're up against this really strong force of thousands of people everyone they've met throughout their life yeah for the most part who who disagrees or who hasn't who hasn't been aware of these facts so that's why it's just like once you realize that you understand why it's difficult for people yeah, that is a really good point. And I think, um, like, whenever I'm talking to people or whenever I see, like, vegan activists talking to people and the person they're talking to makes them feel like they're wrong, it's important to acknowledge what you just said. And it's not necessarily that you're wrong. It's that their uh, perception of what you're saying is the opposite of your perception, generally. Yeah. And um, what you think to be right in their eyes could be wrong. And, yeah, it's important to talk with these people and um, almost learn from each other, like have a, have a discussion, not like, okay, I'm going to teach you how it really is because people, people don't want that, right? They feel like they already know. People don't want to be taught something they already know. So it's important to more have like an open discussion and like a friendly discussion and to respectfully kind of debunk all of their misconceptions. Yeah. I think, and I mentioned this last episode, and I, like, I've been thinking more and more about it, and I really think, I don't know what your opinion is, but I think once you tackle the convenience, taste, and like I'll call it the protein slash nutrition aspect of it, like yeah. that's it. It's over. Like If you can hit on those, then it opens up their eyes to be able to accept everything else. Yeah, Um, for sure. So in terms of like what to do with your friends and stuff, like for the taste and convenience, either make them stuff that's easy and literally show them how to do it or um, like take them to places like A&W and get them a Beyond Burger um, or like take them to a vegan restaurant. Like if you know they really like steak, take them to a vegan restaurant that makes like a mushroom steak. Um so yeah. show them that it's like the convenience is there, the taste is there. And then on the protein aspect, like there's so, and the nutrition aspect, there's so many things you can do. You can share them videos online. You can show them on chronometer or like my yep. fitness pal, what you're eating. So like, it's very clear to them that you're getting the nutrients. You can get like your blood work done and like show them the actual blood work. Like you can do like a million things. And I think once yeah. those three things are hit on, like, I don't know. Do you think there are any other things that still need to be answered? Um, I think, no, I think those are like the main three. And I also think that 
uh, like we said earlier, it's not necessarily, even if you hit them all spot on and you explain it like perfect, better than any activist you've ever heard explain it, they still might not agree with you right there and then. Yeah. But the, the point is, if you explain it in a persu- persuasive and like a con- clear and effective way, then they're going to think about it next time they say, oh, I need protein after the gym or something like that, something along those lines, right? Yeah. And for instance, you take something like you have a calm conversation with one of your good friends or parents who, let's say, eats bacon and eggs for breakfast every morning. And if they're worried about the nutrients and and whatever, like the protein they're getting, you go in chronometer, you show them the nutrients they're getting from that breakfast and you suggest to them like a smoothie and like toast with peanut butter. And you show them that they're getting the same amount of protein with way more nutrients and you, you make it clear to them that it's an easy switch. Yeah, chronometer is a good one, and uh, with my friends, I've done, like, uh, kind of almost competitions where we'd use chronometer for a couple of days, me being, like, fully plant-based, and then them eating whatever whatever they eat, whether they're also plant-based or they eat a really heavy meat-based diet, and kind of challenge them to, like, a sort of friendly competition, yeah. and especially for people that eat animal products, it's really awakening, because I know personally I've had a lot of misconceptions, like... Where are you going to get this vitamin, that vitamin, protein, amino acids? So that's a really easy way for sure. Yeah. Um, nothing really else on my end. I was just curious. Did you end up watching that Joel Kahn, Joe Rogan? Yeah, yeah. I watched all of it. It was almost four hours. Well, what's your like, like high-level take on it? Um, it was really interesting. It was really interesting. Um, Dr. Joel Kahn is, is really, really smart. And it's really annoying because pretty much everything he would say, he would reference such good like epidemiological studies, which is pretty much studies of like the longest living populations in the world. And uh, how do people that eat a lot of meat react in regards to like disease and stuff like that. And then the other guy would mainly pretty much just be like, oh, yeah, that's not valid evidence. Doesn't count. Like he would disregard everything he said, like he didn't even say it pretty much because of whatever reason, because of, um, it's, it's like a survey study rather than putting people like doing like a randomized control trial, which is putting in people into two groups, giving one group like atherosclerosis and giving one group, not atherosclerosis. Like that's never going to happen because it's just not ethical. That we'll never have a study like that. Pretty much his point was like, we don't have enough evidence on diet at all. So eat whatever you want in moderation like you could eat anything because we don't know anything pretty much that was like his basis and it was really annoying because it's obviously not true at all we have tons of plant-based evidence and um yeah like he would he would just disregard everything and it's funny i you know happy healthy vegan on youtube yeah so he did two videos debunking um that guy because that guy also gave like some studies and stuff like that so the studies that he gave were like industry-funded studies. He mixed up like the the numerical values like completely. He would say things that weren't even on the study, like almost like he's making it up. And um, yeah, he would he would throw things out there that obviously Dr. Joel Kahn has never heard of before because a lot of them like weren't even true. So it was uh, interesting to see like after that response by Happy Healthy Vegan. But during the podcast itself, it was annoying because obviously Dr. Joel Kahn was getting really frustrated 
and Joe Rogan was kind of, I respect that he was kind of trying to be neutral, but at times it felt like he was really picking sides and almost picking on Dr. Joel Kahn. And, um, yeah, I would have, I would have liked to see Joel like hit the other guy a little bit harder on like the easy, the easy points. Like when the other guy slipped up, like I, I watched a bit of it and like the Chris Kresser guy, he slipped up once. So Joel Kahn brought up like the negative impact of like uh, of eating meat. I can't remember what if exactly he was talking about, or if it was like the impact on your blood or or whatever. And then yeah. Chris Kresser said, "Oh, like if you eat a lot of veggies with your meat, then it cancels out the impact." Yeah. So like he had an opportunity. He did hit him like a little bit on that. He's like, "Well, like you're you're speaking to it exactly like in that." Like the veggies are the healthy aspect and yeah. <laughs> you're just trying to cancel out. It's like saying like, oh, like smoking's bad. But if you like eat lots of like blueberries and if you like exercise well, you're going to somewhat cancel out the effects. Like, true, Yeah, it's silly. But like don't do that harm. And then the other thing, like I didn't get to a point where they talked much about like um, like cholesterol and heart disease. But like I feel like that's an easy one that that most people – like, yeah, I mean, this is one of the things that really frustrated me because they were talking about saturated fat for like almost two hours and okay. it was pretty much consistent of like uh, Joel Kahn referencing studies, um, lots of like epidemiological studies, saturated fat increases risk for heart disease, increases blood cholesterol, uh, increases risk of death. And then that guy, Chris Kresser, would be like, uh, nope, not valid evidence. Um he said something that was uh, wrong. He's like the USDA. That's why the USDA took off their guidelines for saturated fat, which happy healthy vegan mentioned in his video is not true at all. I don't know where he got that from, but they still have a limit on saturated fat for a reason. Uh, Dr. Joel Kahn said something like 22 out of 22 of the national institutions of health recommend limiting your saturated fat for a reason. There is no way they got it all wrong. And then Chris Kresser would be like, oh yeah, but evidence is always evolving and it's probably outdated, like doesn't count. And he would kind of just disregard everything, like yeah. literally everything. And disregard that cholesterol has any, like eating dietary cholesterol has any yeah. impact on your cholesterol. And yeah. that like they're like denying that there's a correlation between cholesterol and heart disease. Yeah, I mean, I urge uh, like any viewers to go and check it out. Maybe not all of it because it's really long, but kind of get the gist of it, skim through it, and definitely 100% watch Happy Healthy Vegan's response video because it's absolutely hilarious to kind of watch them back to back and see like how many things he was wrong on and how many things he misrepresented. And it was like pretty hilarious in my opinion when I watched it. Yeah. Anyways, you want to wrap up here? Yeah. The last thing I'll say, Sounds like, good. try to end every episode on, like, a, a positive note. Um, like, Nuit Blanche is, like, a outdoor, like, for those who don't know, Nuit Blanche is, like, an outdoor, like, night, like, art festival. Um, I think it's in a bunch of cities. But it was in Toronto last weekend. And, like, the Cube of Truth was set up there. Um, oh, no way. Yeah. And it was, like, packed. It was, like, a pretty huge cube. And, like, so many people were stopping to look at it. And... Yeah, they, count, sure. they counted roughly like 500 people who said they would like who people who activists like, had conversations with. Who yeah, said like they productive. Would, yeah, productive conversation with that said they would like seriously consider trying veganism. Damn. 
so yeah it was pretty cool to see that's crazy yeah i didn't know about that i would have went yeah and like honestly it's every weekend and like i've been going lately and it's been awesome and you'll see people walk by who like say like like oh like keep it up like like you guys are doing a great job. Like I saw this like a few months ago when it made me go vegan. So definitely, I know we talk a lot yeah. about how it has to be like health first, but I think this still has an impact and some people yeah, for see sure. this and it, it resonates a lot. I mean, it's it's the most uh, like eye-opening, right? It's, yeah. It's right there in front of you. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. All right. Well, nice cool. chatting. Yeah. And thanks for listening, guys. See you next time. Thanks again for tuning into the Avocado Advocate Show, where we discuss tips, tricks, and tools to help you most effectively promote the vegan movement. If you like this episode, please leave us a rating on iTunes so more people like you can discover us. If not, we'd love for you to help us make this show better by leaving us feedback using the link in the episode description. You'll also find a link there where you can vote on the topic for next week's episode. Thanks, and see you next time!